Welcome to the Pink Isle. My name is Henry Kathman, and joining me is the lovely Emma Corey. Hello, Henry, and it is so nice to be back after the uh, three-month hiatus. Yep, so. uh, listener, it has been a hot minute yep. since we've last spoken. Sometimes I even forget what a Barbie is these days. <laughs> well, this little reacquaintance that mm-hmm. we are going to be diving into. Yeah. Hopefully that will leave a good first impression now that we're back. Yeah, yeah, and luckily just to keep our minds fresh, we got a sequel for our first one back. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. Knowing this franchise, I doubt anything that happened in the previous movies is going to come up in any meaningful way. Oh, nope, nope. Not at all. So, listener, uh, if you hear a little rustling in the background, we are accompanied by our first guest host. Uh, welcome in the background, our little kitten named Potato. He cha- he he has a little puffball. He chased it into the corner. So yeah, if only if only he chased off a certain puffball in this movie. Oh, if only, <laughs> if only. But yes, we are covering uh, the third Barbie. Fairytopia movie. Uh, Barbie Fairytopia and... The Magic of the Rainbow. Yes, and of all the vague titles that we've encountered, because we've encountered a couple so far. I think it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. The the rainbow is magic. It's better than it being like Barbie and the Magic of Friendship or something like that, you know? That's true. Friendship is magic. That's (laughs) true. Well, we got to get those brony views. Well, I mean, this movie is certainly going to get some of them because we got returning to this movie uh, alongside Kelly Sheridan. We got Tabitha St. James uh, returning a as Dandelion, who I'm sure is just going to get all the screen time, uh, as well as someone named Topaz. So definitely going to be given that sweet dandelion love. But uh, alongside that, we have. Uh, returning from the Barbie Diaries, we got Andrew Francis, the voice actor for Todd. Everyone's favorite character yes. from the Barbie Diaries. Uh, as well as Catherine Barr returning as Laverna. Yeah. And Lee Tokar as Bibble. Yeah. Oh, Bibble. They ain't getting rid of that Bibble. They ain't getting... As we established, Bibble... Uh, Especially in his deep form is very powerful. So nothing. I'm sure. I'm sure this movie will top that in some way. Oh, I'm sure. But I don't know. With just the raw energy of Deep Bibble, could I, in my fragile constitution, handle that? No, no one can. Oh, we might need to take a couple of breaks. Get some like tea on the kettle. You know, maybe yeah. do some like motivational talks into the mirror. I mean, you can try, but nothing can really protect you, unfortunately. I suppose we'll have to see. Do you have any uh, experience with this movie, Henry? No. Like I said uh, in past episodes, I have very little experience with Barbie Fairytopia as a side franchise, and least of all this third movie, which I will say this, uh, Barbie Fairytopia 2... 
decent. It's decent, uh, if only because there was like a nice little dynamic between Barbie uh, and her mermaid GF. Now that she's gone, it's going to be interesting to see what they... Yeah, I remember I saw this, essentially, I think I saw it like on TV. And probably where it's just, it's essentially one of those character goes to magic school type movies. So. Yeah, you got a lot of those in the early 2000s. Yeah. But I mean, obviously there was Harry Potter, but there was also like a small contingent of totally not Harry Potter ripoffs in that yes. time period. Yeah. That reminds me of, there was this special on Wizards of Waverly Place when they oh. all went to like magic school. Yeah, What this an was, iconic show. What an iconic show, yeah. And I guess... There's no point in delaying the inevitable. Do we want to talk about like the director, writers? Well, like- so we got a lot of returning people from the first Fairy Utopia. Returning as director, uh, we got William Lau. And oddly enough, not listed on the IMDb page is Elise Allen as the head writer. Only one writer on this movie. Got in and got out, I guess. I got that know. sweet, sweet Barbie cash. I don't know how much money they made from this movie, but... That is something I genuinely want to know, too. Like, I've actually done a little bit of research into the production cycles of these things, and mainframe entertainment is a very surprisingly opaque company in terms of, like, like you rarely see any concept art. You don't see... A lot of production notes. You don't really see much about their animation staff and what animation staff they do have there is not very public on social media, so we don't get a whole lot of insight. All this to say, if you or any loved ones that you know have any knowledge about the Barbie movies, please get into contact with us at Pink Isle Pod on Twitter. I know. We're sorry for being snarky. It's not your fault, okay? <laughs> no, no. Believe me, the amount of respect that I have for the artists and creators behind these movies, it's phenomenal. They must have had amongst some of the most thankless tasks in mm-hmm. the animation industry, as do most people who end up working on these direct-to-video I stuff. I think someone who had to animate something like Rap City Street Kids might be... Um, below <laughs> Barbie films. Okay, like, fair enough, fair enough. Or like those, uh, those like uh, knockoff CGI movies, like The Little Panda Fighter and Ugh. Ratatouille. Ugh. Well, I think there's no point delaying the it's inevitable time to now. Dive in. We need to now go to Barbie Fairytopia three and journey within the magic of the rainbow. From the new Fairytopia movie, Magic of the Rainbow. Share the magic of a Lilo with your friends, Barbie girl. Share the magic of a wind. Friendship is a magic thing. When a challenge comes along, remember. Holding hands together, friends are strong. Share the Lilo with your friends, Barbie girl. Alina doll's wings flutter when you hold her hand. Dolls eat sled separately. All right, and we're back. Uh, Emma? Yeah? So, we talked about how we wanted this to have a... Good first impression. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was okay. I, I, I did too. It's not as bad as Barbie Diaries. Keep it in context. The hair, though. We need to talk about the I, hair. You know, actually, I, th- I feel like I kind of enjoyed this one about the same as the second one. Really? Yeah, I Even- mean, I thought it was entertaining enough for what it was. It felt like it 
I think the worst part about the first Fairytopia movie is just it was like pretty boring. Yes, that's fair. But this one, you know, I thought it was paced pretty decently. Yeah. And because of that, it like went... It just kind of went by quick enough where I didn't get bored with it. So. That's true. And Which does not sound like a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would say that, but a big problem with some of these Barbie movies is that they have very repetitious scenes where they're basically restating the same thing over and over again. But this one, there was always something decently new happening each time. Yeah, and, and so many more doll toy styles you can buy oh my god yes just like the accessory potential on this was through the roof like mm-hmm. i mean it's very clear why the barbie fairy topia franchise persisted because you got all this you got this big old world and you could basically make whoever you want in it and i will say something this movie did feel pretty filler heavy in time oh, like there's some sequence that was like this feels like it's kind of just a pad out the runtime yeah because not really a whole lot happens in this no movie. it really doesn't like uh full disclosure uh dear listener while this movie was uh while we were watching this movie i got a phone call from my brother I and and I, we talked for about a little under 10 minutes and i was able to retain pretty much all of the key information of this movie even while passively watching which yeah it's not, not really a, a deep deep lore movie that you know it was i think it was palpable enough you know i think but, so so it wouldn't be a fairytopia sequel unless we got ourselves a clip show so starting by journeying beyond the rainbow we get the narrator telling us all the special events that occurred in the previous Fairytopia movies. Which, to be honest, is kind of good because it's been a hot minute since we watched those movies. True, but as we predicted, none of that became relevant to the plot. Well, all you need to know from the last movie is Laverne is a toad now. So that's yeah, important. so, well, you got, yeah, you got this evil fairy lady. She turned into a toad and... Uh, Alina, Barbie's character, saved Fairytopia twice. And yeah, and she still can't get no dang respect, is all I'm saying. Ugh, we'll get to yeah. Alina. There's a weird thing of just people just really dunking on Alina in this movie for no I mean, reason. I'm gonna, as we'll lay out in a couple of minutes, I am kind of with them on some of that dunking. What, you gonna disagree on my character interpretations, Henry? Well, Those are fighting words. I just think that when I present my points, mm-hmm. we can come to some sort of civil agreement okay. about the deep uh, intricacies yeah. of Barbie's character. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I apologize. So, after recounting the events of the previous two movies, we see a little opening credit scene where Alina and Dandelion, her dear friend, uh, flying throughout... Who will totally be present for the rest of this Oh, film. yes. They're flying throughout the meadows of Fairytopia while being followed by that rambunctious little puffball named Bibble. Oh, God. <laughs> I, to be honest, Bibble didn't annoy me too much in the first one, but he really gets he, it's, on the nerves in this one. Yeah. Because he doesn't even do anything. He doesn't do movie. anything. He's just in the background. It feels like by the third movie, they were like, shoot. What do we do with Bibble? We already have all these other characters and someone yeah. at Metallic. Some she's allowed to bring Bibble to school. I yeah. I mean, it just reeks of like some Mattel executive being like, 
hey, there's good money in that Bibble. Do you people, gotta put him in the background. The children love Bibble. Was was he really that popular? I don't. He sells the plushies. What are you gonna do? But people like the Barbie plushies. I don't think people are vying for Bibble. But apparently, someone just was really into having Bibble be somehow present in every scene to make comments on what's going on, even though he never does anything. Oh, especially with. I we will wait. get to We the, will get to will his get, B plot. Yeah. But after uh, having their little rambunctious opening credit scene, uh, Bibble catches up to them and, in Bibble fashion, ends up falling into a flower. Oh, God. If only he had been ended there. He <laughs> might have been safe. True. True. We might have been spared. Yeah. Essentially. So, uh, essentially, Alina is called to Azura, the fairy, blue fairy guardian from the other movie, to essentially tell her that she's been chosen to be her apprentice to become the next fairy guardian, and now she's got to go to trade school. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's a little bit more where... Uh, Alina is now being hailed as this great hero throughout Fairytopia, and you see, like, these smaller, tiny fairies talking about how, like, you're my hero, Alina! You think they're gonna go somewhere with this? Yeah, it's, it feels like they're setting up something for, like, Alina dealing with some imposter syndrome, or something like that, where she feels like she's not good enough to be considered this great hero, and, I mean, some people might consider that, like, too advanced for a movie plot like this, but this that's seems... a kind of a typical children's story sort yeah. of plot line. I don't think that's too big. Yeah, well, but... I mean, what I mean to say is that, like, a lot of these kids' movies, uh, when a hero is going through that sort of identity crisis, it's usually because they haven't accomplished much yet. But, like, something they have the opportunity to do is showcase how, like, even if you do succeed, sometimes you'll still doubt yourself and during those times it's good to try and keep things in perspective Mm -hmm. i don't know that's what i took out of the potential plot but instead uh what we're treated to is essentially kind of her old plot just sort of rehashed again so they can kind of put another generic the magic of friendship type Mm -hmm. uh, moral to the story Mm -hmm. even though all the people she meets are like unnecessarily hostile to her at all points Okay. And never apologize for yeah. it. Let me tell you about my problem with Alina. Mm-hmm. We've had three movies so far. And in, in both previous two movies, we have Alina talking about how, no, it, it's up to me. I need to do this by myself. Trying to establish how she's the only one who can do it for some reason. Well, she's got the rainbow sparkle in the eye. Which didn't pop up in this movie. Yeah, but I was so I was waiting for the rainbow sparkle to pop up because it's like she does have weird fairy god powers, though. Yeah, but uh, instead, she's doing the same thing that she did in the previous two movies, where she's talking about how like, oh, it's too dangerous for you to come, so I'm gonna do this by myself, and just pulling that same sort of like independent crap for a third time and there was something about seeing this for the third time that really rubbed me the wrong way you know what i think it was i think it was because in the second movie nori displays a lot of those same characteristics and it was a way for 
Alina to realize, oh shoot, is that what I'm like? Huh, I should reassess some things. But no, she doesn't learn anything. She just does that same thing over and over again. Yeah, I like, think the kind of big problem with these films is like they kind of do sort of recycle Alina's like character growth. Like we all at this point in the series, we already know that she's like a selfless hero, that she's willing to sacrifice her own happiness for the good of everyone else, which, you know, you kind of unfortunately do see sort of morals like that and, and stuff geared, geared towards girls. Which yeah, sometimes... like talking about how like, oh, oh, young, uh, oh, young lady, you got to be able to handle the brunt of this work. Like, you got to be able to stay resilient and be able to take as much punishment as possible Heaven forbid you question why you gotta receive that sort of punishment. No, you just gotta be, you just gotta be strong. And you gotta be instantly forgiving to everyone who is super mean to you, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Why don't uh, we, uh, get back to the plot. So, so uh, well, first, well, when, uh, when Azura comes to, uh, talk about this little trade oh school. Oh, no! I, I mean, we gotta remember. talk about it. It so, would, it, so it would be... We would not be performing our duty if they I did hate, not know. I hate thinking about it, but... So... So they, they establish... <laughs> trying to give Bibble something to do in this movie. They establish this B-plot where he, like... Get his, he gets his baby tooth comes out. And so they establish that the tooth fairy is real in this universe. And, and listener, do not worry... You get to see those close, gratuitous shots of the front tooth swinging back and forth like it's a cat door. What do you think uh, the the animator was thinking when they made that like zoom in of Bibble's mouth? You know, they think like, man, I went to college for this. <laughs> oh, I hope they. I hope they were paid well for that, cause God, seeing seeing them do that shot not once. Not twice, but like five times was just so uncomfortable. It's almost to a point where you think like, is someone, is this someone's thing? <laughs> this, oh like, no! This animation team. Oh, like this, no. this tooth plot is just really weird that it's here. Yeah, especially it. like for a third movie, like having a loose tooth plot, it feels very disconnected with everything that's going on. You'd think that there could have been like, Something else they could have given him to do during life. Oh, they give him something else to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So, yeah, okay, so, Alina flies over to fairy school. And she meets someone hanging out at the river. Yeah. Which is... Nalu 2.0. Okay. Oh, he's a fairy boy now. Yes. And when we say he's Nalu 2.0, it's pretty much like the exact model. Same clothing, same hairstyle, same basic personality. Yeah. Except I feel he... like Nalu had more of a personality. Okay, no, that's true. Nalu was slightly more conceited, and he had, like, kind of, like, sassy edge to him. Yeah, and this, uh, he's just a random nice guy who yes. likes to talk to animals. Yeah, this guy is named Lyndon, mm -hmm. and he's... They don't even give him a cool design. He's just no. like a random brown-haired guy with who's wearing like leave clothing. Yeah, like all the other like fairy apprentices. Even 
Whether their designs are good or not, they are certainly unique. But he's just sort of like generic man mm-hmm. in every sense of the way. Yeah, so... He, okay, the weirdest thing is that he's accompanied by this winged animal called a tumby. <laughs> Yeah, it only appears in this one scene. Yeah. I don't... Like, it just... I would say it screams like a piece of merchandise, but I've I've yet to see, like, a picture of the Tumby in plastic form. It's like those weird elves from the first movie that just show up in one scene. Yeah, but I'm looking at that thing, and it does not have a very, like, appealing character design. It has, like... I don't know. Bibble is also not an appealing character design. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Alina sh- goes through the dormitories near the Crystal Palace. Which where... is sort of a cool set where they're like kind of hanging like oh, yeah. gondola type yeah. things. Uh, similar to all the other Fairytopia movies, the backgrounds and like the sets, really nice looking. Really good production design behind mm-hmm. this thing. Like each environment is aesthetically distinct and it's not so jarring and over the top where it becomes distracting or uh unpalatable yeah this set is maybe more than the others really reminds me of those disney fairy movies yeah maybe i mean it might be just because like you see like all the different types of fairies just like in the tinkerbell movies and i also yeah it's got that whole like controlling nature type thing Mm -hmm. element to it yeah so, it, as it turns out... So this uh, movie was ahead of the curve when you think about it. Perhaps. It, I mean, I'm holding out a chance that maybe Disney might have been cribbing some of the notes from this movie, but I don't want to get too conspiratorial on this thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just always like those sort of like stories that it's like people living in tiny places type stories. Yeah, like the borrowers, or did you ever watch The Littles? The Littles? Movies? Oh, it was made by Deke Studios. Was, was that ba- the one where they had, like, tails? Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember reading the books. Yeah, those were those were interesting. Do you remember Arthur and the Invisibles? Yeah. With David Bowie as the villain. And, and also and Madonna was And there. Snoop Dogg. That movie was wild. No one talks about that movie. Man, what a waste of Bowie. I don't know. I don't... I just remember, like, they had weird, like, human skin textures on them, and mm-hmm. they looked, the character design looked really gross. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. It seems like every, like, few years they need to make, like, a little people movie, because they made that movie they... called Epic. Oh, with... God, they made Epic. And then when uh, Lucasfilms was purchased by Disney, they also had, like, that other fairy yeah, movie. Strange Magic and... with Alan Cumming in Which it. was just a... pushed... To, like, the garbage can immediately. I know, in January. It was a jukebox musical. I've seen that movie. Really? Yes. Oh. It's kind of a guilty pleasure oh. movie. <laughs> we might have to examine that. We sometime. should. That would be a fun one to watch. It's a... It's an interesting movie. But just like those other uh, Little People movie, the appeal is seeing this wide variety of different types of fairy-type creatures and... Boy, howdy, are we treated to those at this dormitory. All our favorite fairy types. Sylveon, uh, <laughs> the new Weezing with the top hat on. <laughs> what is the name of their new region? Galar? Region? The Galar region, yeah. Galar. It's called, pronounced Galar? No, it's pronounced Galar, but... I wish it was Galar. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. okay, let's just... 
let's just go through this list of the other apprentices because did we even mention why uh, she's going to this trade school? Yeah, she's going to be the new fairy guardian. Yeah, and it is the duty of the fairy guardians to create the first rainbow of spring or else Fairytopia will be engulfed in a 10-year winter. Which I feel like it would be fun if they ever did a sequel if we got a 10-year winter. That'd yeah, that good. does it. Of all the types of things, like, I mean, obviously they're, like, making it more out to be, like, a Ice Age type winter, but I don't know. Given the way that they portray winter in these Barbie movies, I can't help but imagine it would be pleasant. Yeah. I always like wintery settings. I think that's why I like Pegasus so much, because it's, like, a wintery setting. Oh, yeah, movie. I agree. Mm -hmm. But, so to go through some of these other people oh, yeah she goes into the first house and she meets the first two ones which is Ugh. so you got one is a little well first let's go with the moon fairy uh her name is lumina she's voiced by saffron henderson she has like she's... this moon aesthetic she's her... pretty much luna love good from harry potter yeah except that she uh, is got a little Professor Trelawney in there as she can tell the future and is just given all of these like prophecies of doom. Yeah, she's a weird girl, but I like some weird girl representation. Yeah, there. so we got, but to describe the hair, she's got like her hair's braided on one side to make it so her hair looks like a crescent moon. And she's got like little moon wings. And she's got moon wings, which I kind of liked, but yeah. The rest of it, she's got, like, these weird lace things up her arm, and she's got, like... I gotta be honest, y'all, this... The character designs in this movie were... Yeah. And then we got the second worst character design in the movie, this little fairy guardian who's oh. got, like... What's her name? Like... Oh, God, I'm pulling it up right now. It, I think it was, like, Glimmer or something like that. Yeah, the name is... But either way, she's got little, like, hair braids that act Shimmer. as her wings. Yeah, close enough. Shimmer. So, Shimmer, in a tradition with, I guess, the other Fairytopia movies, uh, I think something that, I guess, Mattel was doing at the time to compete with Bratz is that they were also making their own line of, like, big-headed dolls. And the result are, like, these Betty Boop-like creatures... That just have, like, little tiny bodies and gigantic heads. But that's not the worst part. The worst part about Shimmer is that she doesn't have wings. Oh, she's got the hair braids. I she has these looped hair braids, which is a common feature with all of these fairies for some reason, which is not a good look. But the way that she flies is that the hair braids rapidly flap and listener i cannot emphasize just how uncomfortable seeing that moving hair was it, you know it's i will give i will give this movie one thing i do at least like that they did give unique designs to like the fairies instead I of them do just too, being like but it's swaps. gotten to the point where so many of these dolls are just, their designs are so over the top that you can't, like, it becomes jarring and you can't really tell heads or tails of what even is supposed to be the big design. Yeah. Which She's a jerk. Is, the character is a jerk, too, oh, yeah. for no reason. All, both of them are kind of jerks. I mean, like... Well, is just weird, but... Yeah, that's fair, but... 
Glimmer seems like you are invading a privacy go. I don't know. But I thought she was going to be like this, the big bad antagonist, but no. We are then treated to the next group of people. Starting with the best character in the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay, so there's this. We are introduced to our requisite fop. Of yes, the movie. we always need the one gay-coded man. Yeah. Like... So, this is a guy named Faban. And... I think it's Fabin. Fabin, God. Faban. Faban. I... That seems like how he would say He's that... essentially Juan DeSimo from Harry Potter. From Fairly Odd Parents, not yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, Sorry. he's look... He's like... Giving out signed headshots. Making look- out with his mirror. Yeah. He's he, that kind of character. He's that kind of character. Also and- completely shirtless, but no nipples, so oh. he's smooth as a board. Because <laughs> oh. you gotta keep it a G, but yeah. Yeah, he's- I mean, <laughs> he's not just smooth. He's as flat as his character. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Still better than Lyndon, though. Okay. I mean, fair, because at least Fabin has a personality. But then, then we meet we, Sunburst. Because it's a school, going to school movie, there's gotta be A the... mean, popular girl. Yeah. And uh, so Sunburst is a glimmer fairy. Her thing is that she can produce little sparkles with her hands. Mm-hmm. And... She also wears sunglasses all the time. She does, she does. And... Again, her hair, she's got like these big like ponytails going down to the ground, but she also has like these little braids that are like arranged in a little bun. They almost look kind of like flowers at the top. And it's also not a good look. Mm-hmm. Like, I I feel like there are only like a few contexts where looped braids on the hair actually looks good. And none of those are in this movie. <laughs> get some well at least they try to do something they did they did i i said i i appreciate some out there design i do too i just i feel like i mean their dresses they were okay i just wish that they went a little easy on the hair because every time i saw the looped hair of the braids i was kept remind i kept being reminded of glimmer yeah but anyway she goes and meets a sunburst and of course sunburst is also immediately hostile to her and and accuses her of thinking she's better than them because she saved fairytopia which alina is not really bragging about this at all. No. So. Again, this seems like a thing where they could have, like, made this about, like, her own, like, imposter syndrome that might have been developing. But instead, yeah. like... Is that... No. You think there's go, they're going to go somewhere with a Sunburst character? Like, we're going to learn why she's, like, Jealous. such a jerk for no reason. But then something happens that makes that not happen, which we will get to. Yeah, so... And then she meets... The one friendly character. The one friendly character, which makes me wonder what, like, the process of hiring these people was like, because, boy, howdy, they... I want to talk about what the Fairy Guardians' screening process is, because if freaking Glimmer was the best they had for the Pink Fairies, like, oof, I want to know what that land is like. But she uh, meets... Glee, who is like 
like a flower fairy. She's like a flower fairy. She's got like purple hair. She blue. Yeah. She's like purple. Oh, color blindness. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But anyway, she's just kind of a... She's just sort of the nice one. She they never really she's kind of Barbie's uh, Alina's friend in this, but they never really established like her personality. Yeah, because like, heaven forbid, like we bring along Dandelion or something. Because as soon as Barbie left, she was just like, "Oh, it's too dangerous." To... Hey, there's only room for one orange fairy in this movie, and they've got the Mean Girls. So... That's fair. That's fair. But, but... the most important thing about Glee oh. is uh, her companion. So yeah, so so they give Bibble a girlfriend. Dizzle. Dizzle. She's a pink Bibble She's with pink. eyeshadow and lipstick. And no, and her body is made to look more like she's wearing a dress. Like her butt's uh-huh. got like a more like bell shape versus Bibble's like kind of round belly. Yeah, they You got to show that these puffballs, oh they yep. Yeah, they got you got a boy puffball and a girl puffball. It's horrifying at every cuz imagine imagine having one Bibble flying around and doing this thing. Well, now there's two bibbles oh, yeah. that also want to smash. Oh, so we no! got two bibbles going after each other. Of course. Yeah. But that's not as so that's not how it starts at first because at first Dizzle is pretty like unsure about Bibble. She's kind of ignoring him until she sees the tooth. And then she's like Ew. Like the animator that works on this movie, she is also into that. So <laughs> they hit it off right away. They hit it sure. off as soon as they get the tooth, which makes me wonder, like, what what benefit could the tooth fairy bring with this sort of thing? Like, do they have money here? No, like, they just give him a cupcake at the end. So uh, I don't know, but he gets those regularly, so Bibble... Anyway, uh, so there's two Bibbles and now. And they are here, and that's honestly the most terrible description they, of what's going on with yeah, them. By far the worst, because definitely, Dizzle is definitely the worst, like, design thing in this movie. Oh, Nothing really? Nothing is more upsetting to the eye than feminized Bibble. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's so strange, because, like, it, the first Bibble design gave the impression that it was also meant to be, like something appealing to both boys and girls sort of i mean definitely leaning more towards the feminine side but like bibble looked fairly androgynous to start off with so to but they gotta know that this female bibble is a girl because if not Uh, you can't have that you can't have that no 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 gay subtext in a movie where the, the magic of the rainbow. Yeah, no, no gay subjects here, y'all. I don't know. I do think this movie did give me gay vibes, even though maybe more than the other ones. Maybe just because all the weird hairstyles and mm, the rainbows. That's true. And that's Fabin true. going around. It's, yeah, that's true. It's and, so and aggressively maybe, straight. It is gay. Is what I'm saying. Yes, there is. A lot to be said about hyper-masculinity and hyper-femininity leading to queer subtext within yeah. that stuff. And that's probably the reason why a lot of uh, fans of these movies have, like, latched onto some of that subtext. Yeah, definitely. But 
So but Dizzle get... still upsets me on every conceivable level. And that is a very valid... I know. Very Thank valid. Thank you. Welcome to my uh, Dizzle support group. Mm, um, yes. <laughs> Please, uh, take a seat, listener, and uh, get, get a trauma blanket ready. Just once you, once you see it, uh, maybe as soon as you hear, like... Bibble screaming like that's when you like cover your eyes mm-hmm. like shield yourself from the dizzles yeah yeah shield them man always but wear we... protection before you deal with the dizzles God, now now i'm getting this nightmare scenario where they made a fourth one and they got like a baby bibble oh no and it would be like yellow or something oh, and it would be like gibble no it would be babble babble like baby Oh yeah, it would it would, and it would also babble because he's so loud. <laughs> Imagine three bibbles. Oh, at once. oh Lord, I can't. But ah, uh, this freaking movie. So they have orientation the next day, mm-hmm. even though there are like seven students here. They get separate schedules. They get separate schedules, which makes me wonder, like, why can't they just have, like, individualized tutoring schedules? Because the whole point of this thing is so that they can perform some sort of ritual here together. And if they're just going about, like, separating them into different classes, then just either have them all together or by themselves. Like, and it's only three things they gotta learn they gotta learn how to water bend they gotta learn how to do synchronized dancing and then they gotta learn how to shoot light beams yeah which i mean that seems like a decent curriculum if i've ever heard one but as someone in the field of education i do take great issue with their methodology like when thinking about these sort of lesson plans you on the first day you got uh like the water bending teacher calling up a sunburst and telling asking her to like please demonstrate to the class how to doing this and causing the water to bend and she does it flawlessly and he's like yes excellent and he gives no actual instruction on how to do this and instead just calls Alina up to be like, do the same thing, child. Like, we've established in these movies that the fairy guardians and the enchantress are essentially useless. So. Yes, but you know what's actually interesting? Like, the designs of the fairy guardians seem to have changed in between this and the first movie. Yeah. Because, like, remember Ruby and just how sassy it was? I know, we didn't get any Ruby scenes. Like, like you see him in the background in, one, in a crowd scene with all the guardians, and you don't see him. But, God... Could you imagine a a instructor Ruby with all his sass? I, I miss Ruby. I, I do, miss Ruby so much. I feel like this this movie was lacking in the sass department. I, I feel know. like a lot of this movie would have been improved if they incorporated previous elements from the last other movies. Like yeah. if they like say incorporating some of the like established characterizations with the fairy guardians, maybe get into some of Alina's past character development and all that stuff is not necessarily things that would but be too Henry com- little babies they can't remember things so they got just <laughs> well that's why they got the clip show yeah anyway Alina is waterbending and she's not good at first but suddenly she does a big old waterbending her thing. problem is she's too good at it too good and 
Also, there's a scene where, like, she accidentally, like, kind of hits um, Sunburst with the water, which is where we get some establishment where Sunburst is like, you know shimmer fairies can't have power when they're in water, which will be important later. Yeah. But essentially... I thought they were going to go somewhere with this, Alina not being able to control her powers. Yeah, because I was under the impression that uh, the reason why Azura chose her as her successor uh, is because she has that little rainbow sparkle eye thing. Like, it was like a rainbow thing in her eye, and I figured that in a movie called The Magic of the Rainbow, they would have explained that, like, maybe, like, these uh, students also had the rainbow sparkle eyes indicating that they were chosen ones and as no alina annoying... is just extra special but uh, it's uh, like you think there's gonna go some somewhere with that with like her power thing but it never really goes anywhere no just like pretty much most things don't really go anywhere in this yeah. movie you know what we haven't done yet what we haven't mentioned the villain's subplot Oh, yeah, so uh, Max the fungus is still uh, hanging around. Mm -hmm. And And is fawning over his mistress, which... Who's a frog. Yeah. woman now. So, the evil witch lady from the last movie, still a toad, and Laverna is... Which, so it establishes in this movie that Laverna can, like, change forms. So why can she not make herself not frog anymore? Yeah, I... I don't know. They don't... I mean, again, it's maybe too much to ask that they explain every single magical mechanic in this, but... I want to know every single detail. Or else (laughs) I'm going to give them a cinema sin. (laughs) (laughs) Ding. God damn. But the, uh... But no, she's been having um, Max follow her around, and... She decides that Laverna is going to infiltrate the fairy school in order to disrupt the ceremony, which... Yeah, if she could have just left, like, her banishment place this whole time, like, why didn't she do that before? Yeah, like... Because it almost implied in the last movie that she was, like, trapped there, but she just, she just, like, leaves, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it would, I suppose it wouldn't be a proper dramatic extra villain, but if... They weren't lazy about it, but it's, it's kind of, I guess for lack of a word, it's kind of just lame. Like Laverna in the other two movies, like she at least had that dynamic of being this sort of like campy over the top, like. Well, Laverne in this movie essentially just succeeds because everyone is being super stupid. Yeah, exactly. Like, to be honest, like, you get the impression that Laverna could have just, like, sat in her swamp and just let them mess stuff up by themselves, and she probably would have been able to handle it easier. But instead, after having classes and having arguments with the other students, uh, the uh, starburst... Fabian and uh, Glimmer are playing Frizzball, which oh, is... we have forgot the thing Laverna coming back is first before that. Oh, I guess I missed it. Yeah, so essentially before that happens, so Sunburst and Alina, they were doing some girl fights. They were doing some... Yeah, uh, they were hitting each other with color beams, making color them beams, orange and, and blue. And Azura is like 
That's no good. And she also, and she essentially, so this is where Alina learns like this like reverse spell that Azura has, which she speaks like this like Latin-y stuff. And Latin chanting has not been present in any of these other movies. No. But now we got it. Like Most of the previous magic was just like, shake of the fingers and then it boom-ba-da-boom. Yeah. Well, this is the only one that is like this. But essentially... Laverna pulls the easiest con ever when she's with Alinden, and she's like, she's still a frog, and she pretends, tricks them into thinking that she was cursed by Laverna. Would you think they would be more suspicious about this uh, frog li- with lipstick and, and nail, hair and nail polish, or I guess toe polish? Because you know, frogs don't have nails. Uh, but nor do they have we... fingernails. Yeah, she also got teeth too. So I don't like that they gave her teeth. Yeah. But either way, so Laverna tricks them very easily, and Alina accidentally turns Laverna back to Lady. And then Laverna is like, I'm going to go and do things. And then flies away, so. And they don't think to, like, chase her. So Alina reports this to the fairy guardians, and they all just, like, gaslight the heck out of her. Yeah, they're like, well, you didn't see it and stuff. And It's like... But she did see her. Yeah. Saw her fly away. You think like some of these people had like some respect for Alina after she, you know, saved them twice? Yeah, and also you'd think that they would be a bit more receptive to the potential threat of Laverne. Like, considering that she is the only like major threat that we've seen to Fairytopia at this point, like that mm-hmm. seems like a thing that they would put on lockdown or well, actually, to be fair, they do uh, have a monitor on her, and it turns out that uh, they do see where she is, and there is a frog there, but it's Max in disguise. Yeah. Also, this is really established that, like, wherever she's banished to is, like, somewhat close to here, because it seems like people travel from there pretty to the quickly, Crystal Palace yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. But, but either way, before that, we get, as I said, the mean kids are playing... Frizzball. Frizzball. And Sunburst it's... follows it off into the distance. And when she comes back, it's obvious she's been replaced with Laverna. Because she's yeah. got evil eyeshadow on. She's got right evil now. eyeshadow on. And it's... I mean, in terms of evil bad guy plots, it's not the worst thing ever. But it's makes me wonder why, like... Laverna didn't just, like, take over Alina, since more people seem to trust her. Well, no one likes Alina in this movie. That's true. Okay. Uh, Theoretically, more people would have trusted Alina, but, like, if they took... Like, Alina's been, so far, the only thing that's been able to take down Laverna, so she probably could have done, like, a two birds, one stone. She'd be able to infiltrate the Crystal Palace while also being able to take care of her number one threat. Yeah. Either way, Sunburst has been put at the bottom of a lake, so they yeah. uh, go on and um, they're essentially told that for some reason the students need to be the guards. Yeah, before. with the news of Laverna coming around, they, they say that they need to heighten security, which you're telling me that they don't already have guards? Like, there were guards in, like, the other movies? Like, what? what's so special? Why is this school not special enough for guards, fairy guardians? Mm-hmm. Like, you're telling me that the Enchantress couldn't put down, like, a bubble or something? 
But the but regardless, uh, Sunburst and Alina are put on guard duty, and uh, for the first night, and Alina gets a message from Laverta herself, and she says, "It's time to end this. Meet me in the woods. You know." Like something an obvious trap would say. And yeah, Bibble and that's Dizzle... That's the whole thing we talked about, people being really stupid. Yeah, and Bibble and Dizzle are like, like, are gonna go with her. But she pulls the, no, it's too dangerous for you. I must go alone. And it's like... Honestly, well, we must come in, though, to get Bibble and Dizzle out of that scene. Okay, fair. But you're telling me, like... You're put on guard duty with Subverse. At least bring her along. I'm just... Uh, Alina, you're so frustrating. Like, I don't... Like, I don't know which character frustrates me more. Barbie in the Barbie Diaries or Alina as a character. I don't know. Either way, the Dizzle and the Bibble at least had some good ideas when they, they bring uh, Blandy McBlanderson there mm-hmm, to also mm-hmm. help. Yeah, and... But it's too late because uh, when Mr. Blandy comes, uh, he informs that something's happened to Azura and all the fairy guardians. As I said, the fairy guardians are very easily taken out. In yeah, these like all it takes is a little bit of toad venom, which is like. And they're in coma mode for the rest of the yeah. movie. Yeah, and it turns out it's up to the new apprentices to take over the Rite of Spring or else Fairytopia's doomed. And that's when the Enchantress gets off her butt and descends on her little the rainbow. The Enchantress finally does something. Does a thing and informs them that it's up to you. You need to work together in order to do this basic ritual. And now it's montage time. Yeah, so they do a montage and- We built this rainbow. (laughs) We built this rainbow on the power of friendship. Beautiful. It's weird because they do have like that sort of rock, kind of rock music, as rock as they could get with a soundtrack to a movie like Fairytopia for this montage and it's- also, yeah, I mentioned this whole school feels like it lasts, like, three days long. Yes. Like, they're there for, like, one day, Laverna shows up, they guard for the first night, and now, okay, day two, we're doing this. Pretty much, I think this movie established, like, this is all the fairy guardians do. They do this one thing every They do year. this one thing. And like, and every other day is just them being, like, super catty during day. brunch. I say the fairytopia government is messed up, you know? I, I agree. Like, God, just, especially with the Enchantress, like, if if there was a... How was she elected? Did everyone get a vote? I don't know. I don't remember voting for you. <laughs> Magical rainbows within the eyes are not a sustainable choice for electing government officials. <laughs> or however that uh, Monty Python quote goes. Yes. So, after the montage, the entire time, by the way, the totally sunburst is just giving off this stupid evil eye, and it's just, ugh, just always right to the camera, and you're, you keep looking at it, and it's just like, no one's, no one's seeing that? No one's at all suspicious uh, yeah, about that. Yeah, before I got to mention, uh, Laverna Skype called her former Max, to- Max yeah. who's now a toad, who's... Weirdly into her new form. 
which is uh, weird because like, yeah, they're like teens or they're something. basically teens and i don't like that and also laverna talks about how i wish i could have been a sparkle fairy when i was younger but it was never meant to be and there was almost like this subtext of internalized homophobia like did you pick that up uh, where she was talking about how like oh but i was born this way Oh, uh, I could tell. I could probably maybe see it that way. Though. Yeah, I I don't know. I get Laverna gives the impression of someone who was not as good as her sister, and her parents like were not subtle about it. And now she's got a whole complex about like beating her sister, even though all she wants is to be like her sister. Either way, so they do their montage. They and do their montage. I don't think we really explained. Essentially, it's this like big flower called the first blush that they do the ritual and then it blooms. And that's yeah, and happens. the basic process is that all they got to do is they just they do their water bending, then they play some Dance Dance Revolution, and then they shoot out their magic rainbow color beams, do the Care Bear stare, and then it's all springtime. Yeah. I mean, Shabam. at least in the... And the Disney fairy moves, they establish the fairies, like, do multiple things in the Yeah, season. like... They I just think, gotta do this one thing. Yeah, these these fairies are lazy as heck. Like, especially since... I feel like a big problem with Fairytopia as a concept is that because it's so detached from our own reality, like, some of the stakes feel kind of... Yeah. yeah, well, I think it's, like, they always, like, sort of imply these, like, big disasters that could happen, but we never really get a sense of, like... How that can play. I feel like you see this in other Barbie movies, but in this one especially, where the world just feels kind of empty at times. It really does, especially since, like, not only is, like, this school, like, popular with only seven students, but also, like, before this, like, like, Barbie's Meadow Home only has, like, 12 other fairies. Yeah, and, and they're all, like, clones of each other. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, they'll have this thing, they're like, this is the city, and then it's, like, three buildings and, like, four people. Yeah, and, like... and the... I mean, like I said, like, the... Like, the Fairytopia movies have, like, a decent design, but I feel like because they don't, like, actually try to populate this world with much, it's, like... Yeah. I yeah. don't know, it just... It, it tends to feel kind of empty, and mm-hmm. kind of, like... Sometimes it makes it just sort of hard to care about Fairytopia because as much as it gets threatened, we never really see, like, what it actually yeah. is aside yeah. from, like, a few, like, areas. Definitely. But now that it's the day of the rite of spring and they start doing their little dancey dance and the Enchantress is just looking on stoically, just looking at them. Yeah. The Enchantress doesn't even do anything. I don't know what she's supposed to do. I don't even know either. Like, the fact that she's teaching this ritual gives the impression that, like, this seems like a thing that she could do herself. Maybe it's like, it's like Catholic Church, they're like cardinals, and then they could be, like, elected to be the Pope. Ooh. They have to go through a whole process. God, you know what I would watch the heck out of? Like, as much as I do not like Game of Thrones. Barbie Catholicism? No. No, as <laughs> speaking from my own Catholic school experience, I would say no. I was thinking more along the lines of like, imagine like a little uh, medieval court drama where 
people are vying for the Enchantress throne and the fairy guardians are at each other's throats and their alliances and they're broken and forged and there's betrayal and love and sadness. I think that's pretty accurate to how these movies are, you know? <laughs> so. I mean, true, that is... I think what I would could use is like... It, maybe if there were more Laverna-like villains, like maybe if there was like a group mm. of evil fairies. Oh my god! Could you imagine if like Laverna had her own team of like evil fairies? Yeah, and... she's a sin- she just got like the fungus that follow her around. Yeah. And... Oh my god! Like dark fairies. Think of the merchandising appeal, because like you could. It's a hey, Mattel. This was, this was before the Monster High craze, where it was cool to market to goth girl children so i mm, such a shame <laughs> I such a shame but while they're doing this little ritual laverna just like up and reveals yep i'm laverna what are you gonna do about it yeah and why, why doesn't alina like tell other people well she does she does but no one believes her, her and they keep gaslighting her mm-hmm. because they're all really stupid in this girl this corrupt government yeah. needs so, some reform. Alina just leaves to find Sumber. So I guess like you don't even need everyone there in the dancing park. She yeah, because like, the ritual seems to be going fine, and it's like, I don't is know. it there for a contingency? But she uh, ends up trying to find the real stun- Sunburst, and she remembers, oh, they're weak into water. So she's probably buried in the lake, which... Yeah, I wasn't kidding when I said she was at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh... Yeah, which is a surprisingly intense thing. Yeah, essentially she finds her and she's, like, in a goop sack. It's kind of it, gross, to It be looks honest. honest... Yeah, an egg yolk that yeah, she's just, it like... it looks like a, like a shark egg sack. Mm, it's kind of... I do not like it, especially when, like... Alina swims down there and she's like slowly reaches in and they make it's this like process she's like, in a jello. Yeah, they make the process super slow for some reason. And they pull her out and she's and, and Sunburst is like, oh, what happened? And Alina's like, I'm glad you're okay. Let's go save the ritual. And it's like you had an opportunity to like get into like some of Sunburst's like motivation and talking about why she's being all sundere about her whole thing (laughs) motivation character development who is she (laughs) (laughs) but i mean okay theories right now what do you think sun versus deal is i don't know i guess she's just like weirdly jealous you know maybe she had this whole like thing in her brain where she was gonna be one who was gonna defeat laverna back in the day but then that didn't turn out for her and now she's like "Mm." I'm mad. Okay, that's fair. I think she has a similar situation where she's she grew up thinking that she was the best, the best of the best around where she was, always getting what she wanted. And then suddenly, Alina rolls around, mm-hmm. and she is also now the best, even better than her. And she's built herself up in her mind so much that she isn't able to comprehend that sort of imperfection that lies within herself. And... That sort of obsession that develops around Alina transforms into a pining. Oh, so we're getting into this territory now. Okay. You don't you don't see it? She's I, you don't see her don't, looking towards Alina and being like, Baka. <laughs> but, but um, I don't know. I think she I think the writers just didn't care. 
And they're like, yeah. well, we gotta have some kind of conflict in the first half of this movie, so... That's fair. That's fair. I would have... With all the stuff between, like, Alina and Nori, you'd think that, like, they might have tried to jump on that more and, like, build up more of that dynamic. Because they do, like, build them up as being rivals, but it just doesn't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, this movie just has, like, a lot of stuff that could have been explored more. I almost wish it would have, like, had more focus on, like, this magic school stuff. Yeah, the setting of a magic school. That feels like a pilot to a TV show. They could have easily developed this out to, like, maybe a more cheaply produced TV show where Alina goes to magic school and she has all these little, like, adventures in order to, like, become a new fairy guardian. You know, like, uh, the Emperor, like, the Emperor's new school, that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of like, it definitely feels that by the end of this movie, like, they were wanting to do more with this series, but it just never happened. Definitely. Like, they did other fairy stuff later they, on. Well, but... they did the crossovers with the Mary Posa series. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Mary Posa. Yeah, well, but that's, like, a spin-off. It's that is really a spin-off, a and that's... Yeah, it's only lightly mentioned, but... Uh, I do think Bibble appears, though, in Mary Posa. <laughs> Of course it does. He can never escape. You can never escape for the deep bibble encompasses all. I, know. I don't think deep bibble ever comes back. Mm. Cool if he did though. No, no, yes. no. Why? Would, yes. Okay. So the ritual. So they're they're still doing their ritual, and they're all super surprised that they're doing it, even though they trained whatever. Mm. And Laverne is suddenly like. All right, surprise! Ba bam! I'ma corrupt this whole thing, and that's when Alina and Sunburst arrive. And but before she's able to do that, the enchantress in tradition rolls up, and she's like, "If you promise not to do the thing, I will give you power." And at this point, it's like, why aren't they all, like, blasting her with magic? Yeah, like, it's been pretty well established that, like, she's pretty weak to beams. Like, you turn her into a into a frog once, you could probably do that crap again. Yeah, I don't know. They, like, try to, like, be like, Laverna is super powerful, but she never... She seems to be defeated pretty easily yeah. in her movie appearances. Especially, like, since all of her, like, attacks seem based in, like... I mean, poison is kind of like a traditional villainous quality, but most of it's like, I don't know, pretty weak sauce compared to like... I don't know. Either way, the Enchantress drinks some big dummy juice, and she gets (laughs) essentially trapped inside a crystal. Yeah. And then, of course, Laverna decides to try to kill the flower. Yeah, which... Who could have seen that coming? But instead... Alina, staying true to self, rushes in and uh, absorb, starts to absorb her attack. And she appears to be weakened, sort of, we think. They say that. And yeah. everyone else decides to bam behind her and imbue her with the power of gay rights. Yes, she is imbued with the power of the rainbow after finally asking for help. So I guess that's I guess that's the arc. arc. But anyway, and she also gets a new rainbowy design because mm-hmm. she's always got to have some kind of wing transformation in these movies. Which, I gotta be honest, I'm not too hot on the rainbow wings now. Like, compared to, like... I, I, I like it. It reminds me of those, uh, you know, those candies that's, like, the rainbow, like, that's... 
covered in like sour stuff. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I could go for one those of those. Those are good. Now. Those are good. I know. But the <laughs> she ends up being able to fight her off with the rainbow beam and K- killing homophobia. Once and for all. I know. As Laverna dies, she does say her iconic last words, I hate rainbows. So So they banish the homophobia, and then Laverna explodes. And we don't see her. It could be led to believe that perhaps they did the thing again where she's like a frog or something, but it looked like she died. Well, she exploded in the first movie. She didn't turn into a frog in the second. Until the second movie. True. But like, so it's sort of unclear, but I think she might be really dead this time, possibly. It might be. I I don't know. These Barbie movies have a habit of like the villain exploding and then it being like a post-credit scene where it's like, actually, they're just okay. okay. But humiliated somewhere else. Like the end of Swan Lake. Oh. But. Daddy. We never. God. But. So, but that's the end of Laverna for this movie. Yeah, and the movie ends with them graduating, saying that they're now ready. Of course, to they become... like heal the flower and do this. Dance. Oh, they do the dance. I mean, and the flower uh, vomits out some butterflies, and everything is all right. Yeah, the they, then they shoot out the rainbows, and all the fairytopia is covered in a bunch of rainbows. Mm-hmm. And now it's graduation day, and it makes me wonder, like. These fairy guardians, so they're mortal. Is, is the implication that they're just gonna die someday and it's gonna be up to these chuckles to yeah. take well, care of? Well, maybe they retire. But to be honest, they might just die because they're, apparently they're very good at getting pumped <laughs> very easily. Maybe that's why. Maybe they realized after these two movies of like, like, oh, no. oh dang, wow, we're really glass cannons right around <laughs> here. We should probably uh, get a contingency going. I don't know. So, now... Uh, they all begin to say goodbye, and yeah. Blandy McBland ever since says, like, oh, meeting you has been the best thing that's ever happened. I know. Even Who, though we only talked, like, five times. Who cares about him? And well, also, she, like, makes up with Sunburst, and Sunburst is like, how did you know it wasn't me? And she was like, you were nice to me. And then they're like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, like, yeah. And they hug. The- and it's like... That's the resolution. That's that the resolution, conflict. and it's just like yeah. Still, no one has apologized to Alina for being such weird jerks yeah, and not believing her. Yeah, and not for believe and not believing her and gaslighting her. She's just gotta take it because she's a good fairy girl. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but before we go, oh, the tooth fairy. The tooth fairy takes out Bibble's tooth. We see like the tooth fairy running away in like a shadow, which is. I'll be honest, the Tooth Fairy plot feels like a B-plot for, like, a TV show. Like, not for a full movie. I don't know. It's just it's just strange that it's here. And so... Yeah. It feels like the Bibble Gets a Girlfriend storyline could have just been enough. Like, I don't know why they had to add the extra angle of the tooth. I said someone is weird about it. That's spe- why. Oh, yeah. Especially since, like, the gift they received from the Tooth Fairy is another cupcake, which... Bibble splits in two to share, and whoop, Dizzle also now has a loose tooth. And we get the same shot again, but now it's purple. It's so bad. Oh, God, it's terrifying. Oh, the teeth. The teeth. Teeth, I hate it. I hate, 
except that he has teeth. I don't know why they did that. I mean, I don't know. Do you, think, have... do you think Bibble is an omnivore or like mm, uh, No. The look in his eyes, Bibble is definitely taste flesh. <laughs> He's a carnivore. Definitely. I mean, I will say this. Imagining Bibble without teeth and just seeing a gummy smile, that might have been worse. <laughs> that You're right. That would be worse. <laughs> but with that... Bibble and Alina fly off into the rainbow, mm-hmm. and we recall the the lesson of this story, and I quote from the box, together we're strong. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I said. Never mind the fact that they never actually work together in any meaningful way. But that's the end of Barbie. Fairytopia, Magic of the Rainbow. Yeah, and I think we didn't mention, but the animation, we had got like updated animation in 12 Princesses, but this is pretty much the same They used the same model for Alina. I think that's another reason why Alina like annoyed me because you had these three movies and like all this progress in between them and Alina's the same character model with the same weird proportions and the same really thin body that was uncanny and changed in the other movies, but it's just like... Yeah, I don't know. It just It didn't look as good as 12 Dancing Princesses, mm. but you're kind of right. It has that weird like TV pilot quality to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I saw it on TV. It was just like... Maybe they were like trying to like make this into a full TV show. We're going to which... make Winx Club 2. Ooh, that's that sounds like a thing that I'd want to cover later on. Oh, yeah. Wings Club. Yeah. If you want us to indulge in the Wings Club or the Totally Spies, or there was another there was another type of show like that. It was called, like, Witch or something like that. Oh, Witch. Yeah. yeah. I remember having one of the, like, McDonald's figures. Yeah. Those classic TV shows. That yeah. was... Oof. They all got that same girl body type, like... Yeah, super thin ones and the very skin tight outfits, which. Because they're all teenagers in their shows, which is strange. Yeah. But yeah, enough on that. Essentially, so we have a end of Barbie Fairy Topia 3. What is your thoughts on the Fairy Topia trilogy as a whole? Okay, the second movie is probably the better <laughs> one for, like, the best one of these threes if I had to choose, but only because of, like, the sort of, like, dynamic setup between Nori and Alina. Mm-hmm. The first Fairytopia movie, it's such a hard choice to choose between these two because on one hand, the first Fairytopia movie is super, super boring, <laughs> yeah. and I can't tell if Alina's more obnoxious in that movie or in this movie. I feel like I'm leaning more towards the first movie. Yeah, I, I honestly, I would prefer this movie to the first one because even though it is weird, like it was decently entertaining throughout. Like, yeah, so they at least tried to keep a pace where it's like one thing happens at another, and yeah, it wasn't this just... movie didn't have like super slow aerial chase scenes in it. So that that is true. That's, That's its true. upside. Yeah, but. So, now that we're back, uh, the plan is we're going to be, uh, we're going to be going back to our, uh, bi-weekly format. Maybe we'll do it weekly, we'll have to see, but, uh, schedules go. Yeah, depending on what we're doing, but. But I'm really excited because the next one we're doing is Island Princess. Yes! So, uh, Barbie and Island Princess, this is another movie that is, uh, held up as, like, 
one of the really good ones. And it's our second Barbie musical, which is strange that I don't see this one talked as much as Princess and the Popper. Yeah, because I think a lot of people have like a lot of nostalgia for Princess and the Popper. That's true. But yeah. I do remember enjoying Island Princess when I saw it. I remember yeah. it's very kind of similar to Disney's Tarzan in plot, where it's like person raised in jungle goes to be fit into classy society type hmm. kind of story. Or maybe also kind of like the Little Mermaid and how the Disney Little Mermaid and how yeah. that sort of... Well, it's more like it's more like Tarzan because like the society comes to her. Or Pocahontas her too. Journey to a New World. Yeah. Where... It, well, so I guess there's only one way to find out how... Uh, that one turns out so. Yeah, but what what is your ranking you your rating you would give to Fairy Tale oh, Three? Oh god. I give it um two and a half missing teeth out of five. Ooh ew and like the half tooth is like cracked. I'm yeah. Like, oh, and you see a little bit of that. Oh. Mm-hmm. I give it a tumby out of ten. Okay. Very forgettable, visually distinct. Kind of not, weird. Kind of weird. Not developed at all. Okay. Well, that's the first uh, episode of our non-hiatus Barbie pink Yeah, so as always, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, If you want to stay updated with what we're doing, please be sure to give us a follow on our Twitter, at Pink Isle Pod, and give us a little follow on on my Tumblr at henrykathman.tumblr.com. And Emma, talk about some of the things you you do. Uh, yeah, I, I write for the Shield new student newspaper. I have actually graduated to features editor. So yes, congratulations. So I'm glad I'll be had to have this on my resume where we talk about whether or not bibble teeth thing is a thing for someone. So Listen, in our vast media landscape of differing media hot takes, there is always room. For Bibble Discourse. Yes. One last thing. Uh, if you do enjoy this podcast, please give us a rating on your podcast listening platform of choice, as well as follow us on Spotify. But also, if you feel so inclined, if you want to get access to the episodes a little early, if you just chuck $1 a month to our Patreon, then you get access to not only these episodes early, but a couple of little extra bonus stuff. And you can find that on my Henry Kathman Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Henry Kathman, where you can see all the stuff I done do on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. All so, right. so uh, Deep Bibble, signing off. This is very bad stuff. <laughs> all right. Not allowed. All right. Not Goodbye. Allowed. <laughs>